Hi, I'm Curious Vitan and welcome to my podcast. The last few episodes have been about engineers and problems they solve. Today, we are starting a series on artists and designers. My first artist guest is Biaraji, my uncle who is a computer graphics or CG supervisor at Pixomondo in Beijing. Previously, he was also part of the team that won the prestigious Emmy Award and was individually nominated twice for the VES Awards. Hi Rajiv, welcome to my show. It's uh, great to be on your show and I must congratulate you for, you know, keeping on the effort to I mean keep going on and making so many podcasts and it's really nice to hear you talk to people. I hope you are enjoying it. Yeah, I'm enjoying it a lot. I'm yeah. curious to know what is animation? Animation in simple terms is anything that moves, like you know, anything that moves you call it's pretty much anything that has life to it. Uh, in simple terms that what that's what you can call animation as and but in terms of what we do on the computers it is something i mean it is like a digital representation of what you would see around you like you know people walk or people i mean people perform certain actions uh, cars move uh, plants sway so every little thing that moves can be created digitally and that's what we create on the computer and when i mean digitally it means that we do it on a computer and hence it's called uh, cg computer generated interesting very interesting what are the different types of animation animation can be broadly classified into two uh, two separate categories one is 2d and one is 3d 2d animation is what you see in you know for example tom and jerry and uh, mickey mouse and i mean those were the, the that's how traditionally animation started uh, wherein people used to draw frames out and then color it so frame is every image that they draw is called a frame um, and uh, so that that's how it used to be done back in the day uh, then technology is improved and even 2d animation the way they did it improved um but then came computers that could uh, you know manage a lot more data and process things faster and that's when started we, i mean that's that's what started uh, 3d animation 3d animation is something that is done completely in the on the computer and uh, the the i mean the, the major difference that you would see in a 2d and a 3d animation is the visual quality of it uh, apart from you know how it is done so 2d does not have depth inherent depth in it but 3d would have depth in it basically uh, you don't have to cheat it the d in 2d and 3d what does it stand for 2d is two dimensions and 3d is three dimensions um so 2d is more of uh, if you have to put it in axes it's x and y and in 3d you have x y and z what does dimension mean so anything that you see on a paper is i mean you can call it as a 2d it doesn't have a depth to it but you know something that has more depth to it that you see around is called more of i mean that has more of a dimension so basically it's a measurable uh, unit such as length breadth or depth uh, if you take a piece of paper that would have just length and uh, breadth if you take a box it has length breadth and depth so 
the same logic applies to 2D animation where everything is just moving in, um, let's say it's just moving in length and breadth. But in 3D animation, it has length, breadth and depth. So now 3D also can be uh, taken a step further where you can have one image for every eye. That's what you wear those glasses for, right? So that is also called 3D, but it's also called stereo. So stereo is basically your showing one image to the left eye and a little image that is slightly offset to the right eye. So that's also called 3D and that's what you go see in cinemas where you wear those uh, stereoscopic glasses. In a few glasses in the cinema, I've seen that one side is blue and the other side is red. Why is it yeah. like that? So those kind of glasses are called anaglyph glasses. Yeah. So again, basically in very simple terms, that, that is just to differentiate what goes into the left eye and what goes into the right eye. So in, in the real world, the, the, one of the main reasons why you see depth is because your eyes are offset. I mean, there is the nose between the eye. So your left eye doesn't exactly see what your right eye sees. There is a little bit of a change. I mean, you can do that by shutting one eye and seeing. So that's what creates depth. Right. And uh, that's the same kind of logic that people try and apply in the theaters uh, when they show you movies that are stereoscopic. Uh, so that's why when they try to do it, it's more to you know recreate that offset between both the eyes. So both the eyes don't see the same image, but they see a slightly different offset image. Where all is animation used? Animation is used in many, many places. It is used in films, it is used in um, uh, educational videos, it's also used in architecture, it is used in, um, I mean, uh, a more technical way of using animation or 3D can also be in visualization, which is to, you know, uh, to show, for example, architecture, you can show product videos, you can show mechanical uh, parts being assembled in a machine. So it has various uses. Apart from that, I think it's also gaining a lot of popularity in, uh, I mean, it has been always there in theme parks where you kind of create these uh, animated images so that people kind of get completely immersed into the uh, action around them. Um, it's also gaining a lot of potential in, uh, a, I mean, augmented reality and virtual reality, wherein you wear those uh, glasses and then VR glasses and then you are virtually in a different place. I mean, you're, um, I mean, you're able to see and you're completely able to immerse yourself in a different place. I've seen people play on virtual reality, like play mm -hmm. games with those glasses, but I've never done it before. It is good fun, but it can also get quite strenuous because uh, usually our eyes are not used to being. Um, I mean, it, you can do it for some time, but doing it for a prolonged period is not really, um, uh, I mean, again, it depends on person to person, but it doesn't really feel that comfortable. But it does, it's an experience. I have watched many movies and cartoons where there are real people acting and there are many animated characters. How is it all brought together in, into the movie? So basically the way they do it is they shoot 
uh, whatever has to be shot in real and for example if there is an actor that is talking to an animated character on the set they would use a dummy uh, a dummy is something that is just a placeholder for him to look at and basically he is he is not seeing the character or he is not seeing the animated character on set all that he is doing is imagining that there is going to be someone there and for him to imagine they for him to make sure that what he is i mean at least he is looking at you know where the character is standing they use a placeholder so all this is shot and then that is got into uh, people like us who then you know animate this character and make sure that we make we make sure that you know this character that is going into the real scene is uh, made i mean we we try to blend it better we also try and make sure that it fits into the scene a lot better so that people when they are looking at it don't really realize if it is was shot in the scene or if it was you know computer generated i mean of course if if for example if a guy is talking to a talking dog you know that the dog cannot talk but then it it also it, it is just to make sure that this uh, cg character that we are adding in fits a lot more better into the scene there are a lot of techniques which um, which kind of help us uh, do our jobs better and those are some things that we also try to do on the shoot like for example the placeholder i just said what does a placeholder do a placeholder for example if you are sitting and talking to say you want to talk to mickey mouse right mickey mouse doesn't exist uh, but you are sitting on a chair and on another chair there is supposedly mickey mouse that has to sit now how would you as an actor know where to see right so what would be done on set so when i say on set is something that where uh, the shooting takes place where they have the camera where they have the actor where they have the lights so that's what a set is uh, when you're sitting on a chair and wanting to interview mickey mouse for you to know where mickey mouse is we have to place something on the other chair right otherwise you would never know where mickey mouse is mickey mouse can be sitting below the chair you don't know how tall he is how short he is you don't know so for you to make sure i mean for you to interact or at least look at mickey mouse this this imaginary mickey mouse we put a dummy there like anything it could be a uh, like a little doll of mickey mouse it could be something that you look at so that you feel that you are actually talking to him so that is a placeholder or a dummy and once that is shot in the computer we remove this uh, placeholder mickey mouse and put the animated mickey mouse is the voice of the animated mickey mouse a real person or is it computer generated no the voice of all of the characters that you see in animated uh, films is a real person in fact there are a lot of times when famous actors give lend their voices to these characters um so it it is a it is a, a big thing and i think in a lot of uh, cases um the way the actor speaks and the the way the actor acts kind of comes on to the character the animated character as well in movies like jungle book jurassic park and many more i used to think that the animals and forests were real i was super surprised to know that those were computer generated how do you make it so real
Um, I think there are a couple of things that help us make it so real. Uh, I mean, one is the tools that we use. Uh, there are a lot more options that enable us to make it look real. The second thing is the computers that we use uh, are a lot more powerful than what it was, say, 10 to 15 years back. So we can uh, generate a lot more complex scenes. Like, for example, if you were to uh, if you were to create a forest around 15 years back, it would have been a really tough thing. I mean, people have done it, but it would have been really tough. But now, creating a forest is not so difficult because the computers have got so much more better. Apart from that, the people who work are experienced. I mean, there are they, they keep working on it every single day. So uh, when you keep working on the same thing every single day, you get better and better on it. So that's where experience comes from. Come from and uh, you know that a combination of all these three things makes uh, the image look good how much experience do you have i've been working on this uh, in this industry for um, around 18 years 15 to 18 years uh, in those 18 years i have done a little bit of gaming i've worked on a few films i've worked on a few I mean, when I worked on films, I worked on animated films. I worked on uh, visual effects films. I also worked on theme parks. So, I mean, it, it's good fun to try out different things. And, you know, it's, it's uh, I'm happy to do it. Wow, 18 years is a lot of years. Yes, so long. How, how is the voice made to match the lip movement and expression on the face of the talking characters? Good question. So the people who bring these characters to life, that is, uh, you know, add in these expressions or add in the uh, movement in the character are called animators. So animators have a special skill that they really focus on uh, the human nature or the animal nature as to how does it behave, how does it walk, how does it run. So they literally focus on that. And again, like I said, because they keep doing it so much, they keep getting better and better. Now, the way they match is that, for example, if, if it is Shrek, right? Um, Shrek was, the voice of Shrek was given by an actor called Mike Myers. So uh, when they are recording his, when they are recording his voice, they usually also uh, shoot him, like shoot a video of him. So that video uh, provides us a reference for the animators. They look at the video and they kind of see what kind of an expression that the actor has and try to create the same thing in the computer. Apart from that, there are a few rules that animation generally has in terms of, you know, like for example, uh, like a few expressions, like, you know, blowing a candle so you would have a certain expression to blow a candle and then you have certain phonemes. So these are a set of rules that they follow as well as they look at the reference video of the actor that has been shot. And then they re try to recreate the same thing in the computer. How easy or hard is it to convert all of the stuff that the actor is doing? It is uh, time taking for sure. I think one thing which is very common in uh, all the people that I've met and very common in my industry is people just want to do it. 
so you know it it takes time like for example if you if if we were to do a full length feature film uh, it would easily take a, a, a year or two uh, depending on the depending on i mean it, it could take between anywhere between a year or two or even four sometimes right from the time the story is being written and then the final release happens so um, yeah it, that's about an average time it takes can you name the movies or shows that you have worked on which is your favorite to name a few i worked on um tinkerbell at the very beginning and then i worked on uh, disney planes i mean tinkerbell and planes both of them are disney's uh then i also worked on uh, regular visual effects work for drawn i worked for game of thrones and uh, a few other theme parks uh theme parks in uh, china i worked on theme parks in uh, south korea um my favorite has to be game of thrones um because i really i mean i personally enjoyed watching that show and it was uh, i mean it was great to be a part of it i love all those movies thank you what made you choose to be an animator as a child what did you want to be as a child i always wanted to do something creative i think that also came by because um my dad uh, is an architect i always i mean and i knew that that was something that i was good at i mean i like to draw i like to i mean i like drawing more than you know studying or you know going to a math class uh so i kind of was inclined more towards doing something creative and uh, animation actually ac- uh, happened by accident i had uh, no plans actually to come into animation i wanted to wanted to get into uh, civil engineering or do architecture but uh, for many reasons that didn't happen but then i wanted i joined a course that uh, you know taught me website designing and multimedia and towards the end of the course i saw this uh, i mean this the software was that i started uh, using in animation was part of my curriculum and it was towards the end of my course and when i first saw this i was completely blown away because um using the software i could create anything that i want so basically i could create world i could create my own world i could create literally whatever i wanted i could create cars i could create uh, like a city and that made me really 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 attracted towards this because i could literally play god <laughs> um and and so that opened up this whole new door of, of getting into animation and i think it has been a great journey what are your hobbies i mean indoor hobbies mostly revolve around uh, playing computer games and uh, watching movies or tv shows um i also love photography and uh, traveling and listening to music when i was younger i used to draw a lot that's something that i've been trying to uh, get back to but let's see even i like drawing listening to music and also playing video games awesome it's fun no yes very fun which which game do you play now i play all sorts of games education games racing games lego games thank you so much for coming on my show
No problem. It was great fun to be on the show, Vedant. I enjoyed speaking to you a lot. Dear listeners, follow my Facebook page, Curious Vedant, to get updates on the upcoming episodes. To listen at leisure on your phone and get notified about future episodes, subscribe by searching for Curious Vedant wherever you get your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can also listen to my show on CuriousVedant.com. Thank you for listening to Curious Vedant.